0: We're doing an intro. <laughs> uh, we're doing. This is but the intro. I, looked, I figured you'd pick it up. I, when I was looking.
1: I, yeah, I should have oh. picked it up. I yeah, should have picked, picked it up. up by saying, "What's up, Dongs? Oh
0: man! It's the Side I, Talks I it podcast.
1: It's the Side Talks podcast. Here we go. We are here I can't doing a he's podcast. Singing. I am singing. I don't know why. I'm
0: usually the one bringing this level of energy. I like this turn of events.
1: Tuneless. And uh, my name is Corey Kraft. I talk about movies on this podcast.
0: Let me say this, Brad. Uh, If you could throw a little uh, tune on here for us after Corey's done singing. And that is that when I wrecked my vehicle back on October 5th, if Uh you'll remember, when I was on my way to the podcast, guess what song was playing? You'll never guess it.
1: Um, owner of a lonely heart by yes that's a
0: good guess but no Eric Clapton cocaine (laughs) (laughs) and I thought to myself how I wish that that were like that I were really super high on cocaine got in the rack and you know because at least then I would have been super high on cocaine
1: you wish that
0: in that moment yes in that moment, absolutely, because then it might have made the wreck enjoyable, and it was miserable. You're just
1: rubbing your hands just like, fuck, I wish I were fucked cocaine up on bear. cocaine so I could bomb a toxicology report and ruin my life.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, nobody nobody took blood. Nobody took a—there's you know, no breathalyzer. There was nothing. Because
1: you weren't visibly fucked up on cocaine.
0: <laughs> no, but cocaine was playing for my speakers, which is probably, you know— not a sign that you're not doing cocaine i think yeah anyway point is on my way to pick up my car which i've gotten back now sick i know seven months later right guess what came on the radio cocaine cocaine and i thought this has come full circle
1: do you full think circle. do you think people who do a bunch of cocaine put on that song and they're like hey it's just like in the song
0: uh probably there's at least two or three people who have done cocaine. no,
1: to no. brad is shaking his head no
0: Oh, no, I, I don't do cocaine. <laughs> that wasn't that
1: meant to suggest that you did cocaine. I think it was meant to just, you know, suggest that you have been around people and you are fairly sure that they're not putting on Eric Clapton while they're fucking blowing lines. You're. I'm fairly certain. Of okay, that, yeah. yeah. Come on. Cuz it's not. There're definitely a hand, There's
0: look, there's let's face it. There's probably somebody right now in the world. It's a big ass world. We're overpopulated. There's somebody in the world right now listening to Eric Clapton cocaine doing cocaine. I'd put $5 on that.
1: Yeah. I, I agree That's, with that. That feels it's lame. Very, it's a to very me.
0: popular song.
1: Now, granted, I have I've never I even seen cocaine, much less. Well,
0: did you see like, cocaine bear?
1: I, well okay I've seen cocaine in seen films and you've television, seen
0: cocaine.
1: Uh but never like no actually every time I turn on a movie that has cocaine in it it goes black and I'm just like what? what?
0: Well anyway so I've never seen cocaine, cocaine. Is, is I, I hope cocaine is still playing right now. Um, and sure um, and by the way this is the official podcast of cocaine.
1: Oh my god don't say that. <laughs> I have students who listen to this. My I have I have uh, oh uh I have employers god. who listen to this. Well
0: our employer supports this and sponsors this podcast my
1: other employer does not necessarily (laughs) they're on
0: the board and they listen
1: Uh, hey jamie
0: hey jamie what's up ding dong this is the jamie this is the official cocaine podcast i'm so sorry (laughs) please don't tell anybody all because that song just happened to be on the radio when i was driving here and i was trying to kind of learn some lyrics because i was going to sing it as the intro and then bop i got hit you know Anyway. Cocaine.
1: That's the. Yeah, that's I can't hilarious. remember
0: it now, you know, because it's now I'm traumatized by the song. Anyway, let's. Oh, start. it's like
1: in Final Destination when John Denver <laughs> songs play every time right. somebody's about to right. die. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I don't know it's why exactly I found that so like funny, that. but I it's did. Exactly like that. Anyway, let's let's get done with this intro and start talking about the subject here: cocaine. Hey, that's Show me that smile. Show and tell me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. Show and tell. That's right. We did it a few episodes ago. We're doing it again. I can't stop. Well, I've got a VHS, VHS tape. For tape. You. I'm going to slide it over to you. Ready?
1: Yep. This is a movie Whoosh! called That's a sound effect. Rad. And Rad is a bike racing movie. The. Um,
0: the cool cover. cover, right? The, the
1: cover is kind of cool, well, sunburnt. It but, has, know, it's got it some has years faded, on it. of course, over the years. So it has this like crazy, like uh, glitchy digital look to it. It's illustrated, right? Yeah, and it has uh, here's the subtitle for the movie. Are you ready? It's going to take a lot more than skill for Crew Jones to win the toughest BMX race in history, it's going to take a miracle.
0: Damn, I thought you were going to say balls. Well, but they went with miracle. So
1: I have never suckers. seen Rad, um, but I am familiar with this movie. It's directed by Hal Needham, who was um, yeah stunt man, uh, the director I think of that movie that shot in Tuscaloosa with Burt Reynolds, right? He was that sounds one right. Of Burt's that does guys. sound right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So and and Talia Shire is in this, and it looks like. Her husband, Jack Schwartzman, was an executive producer. I guess that's how you get Talia Shire in this. Um, And he's listed as Jack Schwartzman Presents, so I guess he presented this movie that his wife was in. Anyway, um, she plays the mom of Crew Jones, who's the main character. Now I'm going to read... Uh, from the back of this VHS cake, w- uh, cake, this VHS case.
0: It would make a great cake, though. It, yeah, it would that would make a great face cake. Pretty that delicious. cover would. Yeah.
1: Um, this is apparently a movie of breathtaking action, according to Archer Winston in the New York Post, I guess in 1986 when this movie came out. Okay, here we go. Crew Jones, who's played by Bill Allen... Uh, is the best BX, BMX biker in Cochran? Where the fuck is Cochran?
0: That's a great question.
1: I guess it's in the desert. It looks kind of deserty. Maybe it's know, California.
0: You, you don't know that. You're just totally stabbing. Well, no, I'm
1: just looking at like the dirt, the dirt that course dirt that they're bike racing on. That dirt on, could be. And in, I that, was like, that, that looks dirt, like the desert. <laughs> they have dirt like that at Oak
0: Mountain State Park. Like no, but you, but this picture looks. I,
1: <laughs> I don't. I'm I I just. I responded like a child. They have, just like that photograph is indicative of the biome that there's, this movie takes place There's that much dirt in. piled
0: up in front of Home Depot at this moment. But okay, the desert.
1: Okay, it takes place possibly in the desert. We don't know. Uh, in Cochrane, wherever that is. Uh, he's got the talent to become the best BMX daredevil in the world. As the local paper boy, he jumps, spins, twists, and flips his bike with amazing ability. That's not required of paper boys. He's just doing all that extra shit because he wants to. I it's mean, not if you're a this,
0: super paper boy, this
1: sentence makes it sound like it's a given that because he's the local paper boy, that what he'd be do you doing know about fucking paper bike boys tricks. in the '80s. All I know is the, the Nintendo and down my street, entertainment system and game and flying, um, but they weren't doing BMX tricks. I yeah, presume. Some of them were okay. Well. Pardon me if you're a paper boy who does sick BMX tricks. If you do, then you're cool. Podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Email us and let us know. All right. Bart Conner um, is the best BMX biker in the world.
0: In the world?
1: and he's wow. in town Rad. in Cochrane which is in the desert as we've already established <laughs> to race in the $100,000 hell track competition cool. the most grueling BMX race in history crew which is spelled by the way c r u and i don't i don't care what decade you're from that's not a name that's cool it's not that cool it's cool what's it short for
0: who cares okay cruella
1: Cruella wants a shot. Crucifine. (laughs) Crucifine. What? Um, Cruciferous, which is like like a he's a cauliflower. um, Wants a shot at winning the title, but his mom Talia Shire insists he take his college entrance exams, which fall on the same day.
0: Fuck that,
1: brother man! You would make a lot more money as a BMX guy in the '80s than going to college. So real, and that is that is Reagan money. So it, it goes farther. That's right. Um, for the first time in his life, Crew has to make his own decisions. Oh. He decides to go for Helltrack, Track. Good. But Jack Weston, the race promoter, has a dirty scheme for keeping the Bastard. local whiz kid out of the race and away from his prized champion. Only the gorgeous Lori Laughlin
0: hell yeah there we go of
1: the opposite team what does that mean can get Alan on track for a hell track
0: what I'm s- this this got really convoluted And really teach quick. him
1: a few other things yeah, hell yeah while she's at it
0: what else could she possibly teach him something about getting into college maybe I was about
1: to make that <laughs> joke she's gonna teach him how to fake entrance exams I stole for your college Well, but like, it's perfect. He could be at two places at the same time. Faked college entrance exams while he's BMX writing. And Lori Laughlin's the one, you know, hilariously, what if she was inspired by the central dilemma from Rad, this movie that she starred in?
0: I I would love that.
1: Or she's just inspired by the fact that her influencer daughter could not pass those college entrance exams.
0: You know... I am recommending this film. I mean, that sounds Have awesome. Have you seen it? I've seen it, but like 30 years ago, and I don't I've remember it at it. all. But it's like everything about it sounds rad.
1: I mean, it does sound pretty rad. Um, as far as rad things go, this is among the more rad.
0: I think maybe we dust this off for our new series that we're cranking up, everyone. Which is a VHS series where we screen stuff on VHS, and we, you know, pull from the uh, from our personal libraries, and it's a sh- it's a surprise what we watch.
1: You will be able to see this and many other VHS tape sourced movies potentially in the big screen at Sidewalk soon. So you'll visit us at sidewalkfest.com to see when we're launching that.
0: Yeah, I think we're, we're looking at the end of April, which might be right around the time that this airs, or releases, I should say. So anyway, t- check it out. We're going to try to do one a month.
1: This ancient former rental sticker, it appears, has come off. Oh, no. Oh, oh well. You broke it. I broke it. The oh, VHS man. tape It'll is It'll never playable. be the same. Uh, Good thing you RIP. broke it,
0: actually, because that could fall off on a VCR, and that would be bad. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just there. Anyway, if you Brad,
0: we, we think you should watch it.
1: Oh, I've seen it. <laughs>
0: it's good right like good I mean ba- like, that, ba- like good yeah, ba- yeah, yeah totally. I, I
1: mean that was back in the like rad gleaming the cube days yeah. right hell yeah
0: yeah and I, I actually vaguely remember thinking it was really super entertainingly you know shitty
1: oh yeah like, sure. I, like I
0: paused it to go in the kitchen to get bagel bites you know I didn't just <laughs> fucking let that thing roll that's a that's my gauge Corey.
1: yeah it's a good gauge and now a look at what we're watching this week
0: well, I got—I gotta tell you—I haven't really been watching anything. I really haven't. I—I've uh, been super busy, uh-huh. Uh, pretty slammed. Um, you know, it was. Kind of a crazy week for me. And I I did, uh, I've been listening to, I've been on my little walks and I've been listening to the new erotic 90s. You must remember this, which I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Really great series. You know, I talked a lot about the erotic 80s and we're bringing a series. Boy, I got to get that off the ground, but we're bringing a series and we'll probably do the same for the, for the 90s version. It's really, really interesting. Really, really great. The last the last episode I listened to in full was about Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, oh. and, and and we haven't we talked about it not that long ago, mm-hmm. so it was really interesting to hear. Uh, Karina Longworth was is really had some interesting points. She's she came to the film's defense and 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 really took on a lot of the issues I have with it head on. I, I still don't agree with her. But it was an interesting, you know, one sided conversation, so yeah. to speak. So I recommend that. But other than that, I watched that really nasty little Dalai Lama video with the tongue and the oh. whole thing. Yeah, I watched that for a minute. That's all I've watched. I can't recommend watching that, by the way.
1: I That's a haven't, thumbs down. That's I haven't a thumbs seen down. It. It's a thumbs down um, for me. I did see that somebody tweeted at the Dalai Lama to resign, and I don't think you can resign being I the reincarnated re, reincarnation yeah. of, of the Buddha or whatever.
0: I don't. I don't think you can. Um, but um, yeah, He's, anyway. he doesn't
1: hold elected office. He's you know a holy. He's a resignation
0: figure. in our future, but boy, oh boy, that. Uh, yeesh. Anyway, what have you been watching? More well,
1: um, little does the listener know,
0: but I, this entire time I've been wearing
1: a Mario hat on my head to signify that I went to the theater to see the Super Mario Brothers oh, boy. movie. Uh, and and this is- Have you is, got
0: Mario fever, Corey? I,
1: I've had Mario fever since I was a tiny baby child. I have been Mario crazy forever. I love those games. I've played them. And you know what? Look, the Super Mario Brothers movie, such as it is, is maybe what we might call- Functional as a movie, okay, right, okay um, but I was pretty delighted by it on the level of it just sort of including a lot of bits and bobs from these games that I've played my entire life that's that's it um yeah. i I think it's a perfectly adequate and fun kids' movie. The animation's great, the action stuff like the Mario Kart sequence. Uh, is really well done. Um, like the story, whatever, it's for kids, you know. Like the 95% of my packed theater when I saw it under the age of seven years old, they loved it. I bet, um, I bet and, they ate that right up. You know, it when you look actually at recent film releases, right, in theaters, big studio sure. releases. This is, like, the first movie for little, little kids to come out since, like, December. Well,
0: that's a good point.
1: And, like, you know, sure. Wild
0: Crocodile.
1: Well, but that was in October.
0: Oh, you're yeah. right. I guess it has had some time on it, hasn't it?
1: You know, and, and, like, older kids can go see the Marvel stuff or the superhero stuff, right? But for little, little kids, like, it's for the, a minute for them, the yeah. bulk of, of very young moviegoers... It's been a long time. It makes like,
0: sense to release on Easter weekend, then, I guess. Yeah, it does. Guess
1: but like Puss in Boots 2, which was the last big animated family movie, came out around Christmas time and just kind of cleaned up at the box office because there was nothing else for kids Can out I, there.
0: Did you know this? I saw, I follow Britney Spears on Instagram. Uh huh. And I spend about 10 minutes a day on Instagram, and I'd say eight of those 10 minutes are just Britney Spears posting. Sure. She posts a lot.
1: Well, she's a, she's a wild card. You never know what you're going to get with her.
0: I've been wanting to share something about her with you. Okay. And it just just hit my brain. Um, she posted, I, wa- ha, ha, there was some kind of a picture of it I didn't get. Like, I didn't, didn't get the reference. Okay. But it was clearly a reference to Puss in Boots because uh-huh. she said, ha, 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 I watch this movie, Puss in Boots, every night.
1: She so I just need I just need know. you to
0: know that Britney Spears watches Puss in Boots, she said straight up every night. People love that new one. I mean, it's
1: fine. I didn't Are, love it. Why but aren't it's... you
0: struck by the fact? Is anybody else hearing me? Britney Spears watches Puss in Boots that every night.
1: Surprised me. People people <laughs> okay. watch Puss in Boots.
0: Continue with your Mario shit now. <laughs> I was just wanting to interject that. I thought you know it's all, notable to no, me.
1: No, all I'm saying is that. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about troubling trends in theatrical exhibition. Sure, one of the more troubling trends for me is that the family film market seems to have completely vanished. That is and an interesting are, point. We are depriving an entire new generation of moviegoers the opportunity to to form their own, you know, treasured moviegoing memories that. All of us, no doubt, remember from our own childhoods yeah, I mean, fondly.
0: And and really, the theater was riddled with them, was really riddled with them when I was young. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars. I, I think part of it, though, Corey, I have to say, part of it is this ever-evolving, changing preciousness that we put around children. Because, as I just mentioned, like Greece, sure, which straight up says, like, Pussy wagon and has you know right, right, right. and has like sexual references and innuendos and and has shit the word shit and I mean there that was that was a kids movie though in my era you took little kids to see that and by the way it it didn't even dawn on me what pussy wagon meant you know what I mean like I'm not phased by that because right. I'm just watching people dancing and singing and having a great time at the movies but some and something like E.T. would maybe even be considered a little dark or or a little too old for little kids so I think part of it is this sort of way that we're treating kids now it's hard Hard to make content for them.
1: It is to a certain degree, but
0: it's hard to make content for them that's also going to sell tickets to people that aren't just kids. I don't know
1: that it's that hard. I really don't. I don't know because I I I think that there is there is a middle ground between you know these films of the seventies that that might be for PG rated audiences but have some things in it that like you wouldn't necessarily love your 8 or 9 year old to start repeating, you know, at school and like absolute baby shit. Like there's a middle but ground. But
0: that's what I'm trying to say. And, and I that don't, middle ground's I, that, not being served. I need the parents to get to be willing to take that middle ground. I think that's why the middle ground isn't happening because I think that that middle ground is is something that doesn't really then bring it doesn't allow kids to come to because parents are being precious and it doesn't really appeal then as much to people who are above the age of 10. I
1: have a slightly different theory.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: That all of these children's franchises that were established in the 70s and 80s are now the primary province and playground of emotionally stunted 40-something-year-old white dudes. Are you speaking about yourself? I mean, to a certain extent, but like, for example... We have spent far too much time, I think, catering to a very select subsection of vocal angry nerds online instead of making, you know, mass entertainments for moviegoers to enjoy. So, like, okay. I'm not referring to the Mario movie, though. The Mario movie is very deliberately designed to appeal to children looking for a fun children's movie and adult nerds looking for all the fun Mario shit. Right. So like, it's an interesting, it strikes that balance, but like what has befallen star Wars, what has befallen, you know, DC comic adaptations like Superman and Batman, which are for children. um, You know, these things are being kind of run into the ground as far as I see it, because the generation that grew up with them won't let it go. And they won't like let other kids, actual children, other generations sort of pick up the mantle and like, enjoy these things for themselves. And subsequently no new sort of, entertainment franchises are being created for this new generation of kids. It's just a you know, this this wave of man children that won Hollywood when the Marvel movies became really big, and since then have just spent the last fifteen years just kind of Strip mining all of this shit and making it so that like I don't even like most of the stuff that I like anymore. You know what I mean? Like I grew up loving Star Wars. I can't. I. I
0: oh, it's intolerable. It's
1: it's intolerable. Now. And I mean, like, there's and, gonna be
0: people waiting outside with lit. You know. But like stakes to. It's to not even get necessarily
1: me, but- the movies, though. They've been, let's say, hit or miss. And it's not even necessarily the TV stuff, which I can't keep up with anyway. So if you like the TV stuff, fine. Go with God. But it's the fact that the people are so fucking intolerable about all of it. Well, that's true. Um blame so, it on the cons. Anyway, like I do. I blame it on fan culture. And fan culture being seen as this all-consuming sort of cultural juggernaut that must be fed and appeased with every single fucking You're thing. You're just mad at capitalism. I I am. Well, I'm mad that capitalism is shooting itself in the fucking foot as it, you know, by uh, forsaking a future of this industry to appease, you know, those angry nerds at the present moment but that's capitalism in every industry did you like the film yeah i thought it was good i enjoyed it there was no way i wasn't going to enjoy it though because it's like uh it's like a fucking pavlovian response that i have when i I see all this it's like did you like the pizza yeah yeah So I did I did like the Mario movie. Um, And, uh, you know, that's that's all I really want to talk about. Lord knows I've gone on long enough about troubling trends. But in short, if you are listening to this podcast and you work in development for a major motion picture studio, make movies for children, but just make movies that aren't about fucking superheroes for the rest of us, too. Um, tell it to disney we we need we need a a broader selection of films geared towards all different audiences that's how you have a healthy theatrical exhibition industry that's how you have a healthy movie industry we learned this already we've learned this so many times over the course of film history and we keep falling into the same fucking cycle of mistakes. Well,
0: it's definitely true in that, you know, we know it's the same thing, right? We know that and, – and this is kind of a sad analogy because clearly this has gone to the wayside. But, like, we know that people who grow up reading newspapers are the people who continue to, to read newspapers yeah. throughout their entire life. And I do believe that the people who have really cherished memories of going to the cinema when they're young are the ones who continue to go to the cinema throughout their lives. But, eh. Like I said, I'm not sure that your theory holds up. It's an interesting one. But again, what? where's Disney in all this? Why aren't they making... They're the ones to make the baby movies. Why aren't they making the baby movies? And
1: Disney's problem is that they make like four movies a yeah. year now, and three of them are Marvel movies, and then they've got their well, big year-end animation movie. So
0: Marvel's I mean, sucking up everybody's time, energy, and money. That's, that's an exaggeration. That's really, the, that's really it.
1: But But really the thing is the mid-budget movie has disappeared. Sure. That's true. And Disney's not going to waste time, you know, as they did in the 90s doing like, you know, the Robin Williams remake of Flubber or, you know, shit like that that came out in the 90s. They're children's programmers, right? Um, They're not like taking up a lot of time or resources or budget from anybody. You get a funny guy who kids like and you build a movie around him. What is it? Flubber. Great. Um, I don't know why Flubber came to mind as the example, but it's the one that came to mind as the example because it's an example of a fucking mid budget movie that Disney doesn't do anything. Right, they, right. All their movies cost like $250 million and so they don't make them anymore. And like that's unsustainable. You, you're cranking out like seven of $250 million movies a year when you could be doing like. You know, 21, you know, reasonably budgeted um, movies for kids that you'd probably get a pretty healthy return on. I, I don't know. I Hey, doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not a studio executive. Um, the studio executives are all about putting all of their eggs in one basket. And that basket is the superhero basket. And it looks like. That basket's about to collapse. So, hey, I hope
0: it does. I really do. I mean, at this point, I love—I I love a
1: lot of those superhero movies. But me too. If that's what it's going to take to get other shit made, right? Then so be it. I hope they all tank. Uh, saying that, I'm going to go see them. So, that's what I've been watching.
0: Oh man. Well,
1: thank you. So much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast.
0: Look, I, I <laughs> here. I promise, I promise you, I'm done. I'm done after. Well, mm, let me let me rephrase that. I'm done with the food after this. Oh, I can't promise you I'm done with the drink. We're
1: going to the bar, but
0: but I've got one more Rainforest Cafe menu okay. for you. Are you ready?
1: Yeah,
0: we're your own personal cinematic Rainforest Burger and awesome appetizer adventure.
1: Well, I feel like I know what one of those is.
0: Well, I added that one, not because Rainforest Burger is that much of a stretch, but because what's so funny about it is you realize what's killing the rainforest, right?
1: It's cattle farms. So
0: stop. Um, but the awesome appetizer adventure I wanted to tell you a little bit about. I did.
1: Well, if it's an adventure, sign me up.
0: It includes Chimmy Cha Chaws, oh, which Jesus. didn't have Never a description. Didn't have, my name out. Didn't have a description. So, I, I know what cha-chas are. I had no idea they were on the Rainforest Cafe menu, but clearly they are. So, chimmy cha-cha, spin up, cheese sticks, and chicken strips, all for the cheap rate of twenty I'm also going to show you something. Can you see from here?
1: That is a... Oh god, the the tables at the bar or at a high top table. Who
0: does that look like? I've I have straight hair here, so it's weird, but that is Rachel Morgan. That's
1: Rachel Morgan at, at the Rainforest, rainforest cafe, cafe, sitting on a giant chair that seems to have giraffe legs. So
0: it looks like I have giraffe legs. See yeah. how funny that is? Oh my so I have been to the Rainforest Cafe. I had have no. That's my friend Chase. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely none. But I, you know, Lisa, phone a friend, Uh Lisa, I messaged her today and said, I noticed when I was menu shopping here for the podcast that there is a Rainforest Cafe in Nashville. And I feel, yes, right? I looked at their menu and I feel like we have to go to this because their menu is so incredibly insane. And so I feel like for the purpose of the podcast, we've got to go make a little visit, right?
1: Oh my God.
0: And she replied with that photo. And then a close-up of Chase drinking, a uh, our friend Chase drinking a light-up out of a light-up mug, to which he replied, holy shit, my beard looks patchy.
1: Oh, my God. So you have been to I've this I've been, and I location, don't remember. And you have no memory of
0: no, it. No, and I don't remember the, you know, anaconda pasta or the chimichachas. I don't. I don't. But, um, but maybe I'll make another trip. Anyway, I promise y'all I'm done with the food at the Rainforest oh. Cafe. We're moving on to drinks. And then eventually we'll be done with that, too. But here's the bigger question. Okay. Are you going to be a Rainforest Burger, or are you going to be an awesome appetizer adventure?
1: I'll take the burger.
0: Good. I am so happy. I really wanted to be an adventure. I'm not
1: feeling great about any of this. I know.
0: I'm not either. Well, thanks to Boutwell Studios, who themselves are an awesome appetizer adventure.
1: Yeah, congratulations. What an adventure it always is, recording this podcast here at Boutwell, uh, because things really get awesome
0: i think it's better than being tribal cheesecake personally but what do i know no,
1: it is it's considerably better um sidewalkfest.com or at sidewalk film on social media that's where you can see what we're doing at the cinema you can see uh when tickets go on sale for the sidewalk film festival in soon. august that's soon yeah may 1st right
0: yeah tickets go on sale and uh, i believe on may 1st and the festival itself is in august yeah yeah that's so, right so
1: Sidewalkfest.com is where you can get festival passes. You can get tickets to movies at the cinema. You can see all the show times and special events that we've got coming up for you. And then follow us on social media at Sidewalk Film. We hope to see you at the cinema and at the festival in August. Go ahead and make those plans and join us in downtown Birmingham that last week of August for the 25th annual festival.
0: Also, Good thing that we don't – that this is our very last line of this podcast because this pollen out here is something else, y'all. Yeah, it's, it's really It's, it's really, really bad. So anyway, thanks for listening to our very seasonally challenged podcast. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.